This is Chris Martin, and me and my buddy Kevin O'Connor, a.k.a. Kevin O'Everything, host an NBA podcast called The Mismatch. They call it The Mismatch because I'm awesome and Kevin is a gigantic nerd. No, no, that's not why at all, Chris. They call it The Mismatch because I have a brain and you're a loudmouth bozo. Good grief. (laughs) Anyway, listen to our amazing NBA podcast, The Mismatch. Or don't. We really don't care. We're probably going to win a million awards either way. <laughs> Chris, we do care. So don't say that. Please subscribe and listen to The Mismatch only on Spotify. Did you really call me a bozo? <laughs> it's the full go presented by FanDuel. The playoff action is heating up. And with FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the NBA Finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley Cup. And right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays, or SGPs as the kids like to call them, all on one page. Plus, start betting on the pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus in D.C. And present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Chicago everywhere, check it. It's not enough Chicago. We just don't have enough Chicago people. Jason Goff is here. Well, I'm at Full Go. The Full Go podcast. The Full Go. Bears, Bulls, White Sox, Cubs, and Blackhawks. Our man, Jason Goff. Three times a week with Jason Goff. His mood is elevated. (laughs) He is feeling good. Jason, I'm loving the Full Go. Love the Full Go. The Full Go. The Full Go. Welcome to Full Go with Jason Goff. That is what I'm talking about. What up, world? You're listening to The Full Go with Jason Goff, presented by The Ringer, a Spotify original. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we haven't started. Well, I haven't started. Because uh, I thought I would be leaving tomorrow morning. And uh, I'm going to leave Thursday morning now. Uh, because I pay my money, and then the powers that be let me down. After I pay my money, that's usually how things go in my life. Like I try to do what I'm supposed to do. And then everybody that's supposed to do the shit that they're supposed to do somehow, some long way, <laughs> the, the world cosmically, like the energy is like, you know what, Jason, you did what you were supposed to do. Let me tell y'all about uh, me almost committing felony assault today. <laughs> um, 
Uh, <laughs> welcome into the uh, Full Go Podcast, episode one thirteen. Um, yeah, she closed the door because she knew she she's heard it already. Um, you know, <laughs> in this new in this new day and age, where apparently it's okay to slap a motherfucker. Uh, <laughs> It jumped in me. The, the, the slap a motherfucking spirit jumped in me today. You, know, you ever had one of those days where you planning everything to go a certain way and you hope that everything gets checked off? Like in the off season, my days are pretty, <laughs> pretty, pretty clear. <laughs> if I got a pod to do, then maybe I'm moving and shaking. But if not, I'm, I'm laying low. I'm, I'm trying to conserve some energy, you know. Anytime you step out the house, it's $150. So I try to stay in the house, eat all the free shit in here and play all the free video games in here and do all the free things in the crib. So if I do choose to step out the house for that $150 entry fee into the world, it's worth it, right? And then there's days where you got stuff to do. Now, if you've been listening to this podcast, you know that my sister's wedding is coming up on June 11th, right? And you know that I'm supposed to be in Belize June 8th through June 14th. So a couple, well, about a month ago, I did the dummy and was like, wait a minute. Does my passport expire February of 2022 or 2023? Aha, we'll never know. And then I was like, Jay, don't do this. Just find your passport. Because <laughs> it was floating around here somewhere from the last Belize trip we took a year ago. Uh, hadn't been out the country since then. And I find it. And of course, it's expired February 2022. And what do I do? I panic. And then I go, ah, we can fix this. They can expedite passports. You good money. So I take myself to Chicago Expedited Passport Service. You feel me? I walk in. I see a, a, a very, uh, a beautiful, beautiful Latino family, right? Two kids, mom, dad. I'm like, oh, you know, look at my look at my brown folks. We we in here commiserating. It's like the it's like the DMV for the sky. You know what I mean? Like, like we out here, you know? Cause it, anytime you go to the DMV, all I don't care which DMV you go to, all you're gonna see is brown people waiting in line. I, 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 it's for some reason, it seems like it seems like everybody else gets to do their thing online or has like a different building that they go to, we get sent to the same building, all of us, <laughs> with the same angry, you know, customer service people, whatever the case may be, the same long lines. So I walk in there immediately. I see some brown, friendly faces. I'm like, oh, we good. You know, I dap it up with the little kids because you know me and kids. We cool. They're the only people in this world I truly trust. And I sit down and I look the, uh, I guess, service lady or um, I guess rep in the eyes, and I say, ma'am, I'm leaving on the 8th of June. If I give you my money, what the, what's the likelihood that the 10 to 14-day grace period that you've allowed for my passport will take effect and I'll get it before I go? You're good to go. Don't We usually get it before the 10 days. Oh, say less, you know? Throw an extra hundred on there for yourself. You know, I'm treating her like she the, she the, she the dealer. And I just hit 21. You know what I mean? Like, hey, here's a little something for yourself. I pay the money. 
I screenshot and take pictures of all the things that I need to screenshot and take pictures of, send it to my group chat with my boys. They laugh at me because, you know, I'm irresponsible. I'm paying money, extra money for something that I could have, if I'd have just taken a look five months ago, it would have been good money. But guess what? This is why you have services like this. This is why you entrust people like this. This is why you go forward with the system, trusting it the way you can, right? We work for a reason. So I pull up yesterday. (laughs) I pull up yesterday. And there was a young fellow in there. Uh, This is a a two-office suite, by the way, Tony and Jesse. There was a young fellow in there who wasn't in there previously. And he is standing there. Uh, he's, he's got a, a very, very, um, his shirt looks like an optical illusion, right? He's got, he's got a button up shirt that seems to be some kind of rayon silky fabric with the wide collar. He's got a few buttons unbuttoned, uh, a real professional looking gentleman, shall we say, right? And I look this man in the eyes cause I walk in, he presents himself to me as soon as I walk in. So I'm like, Oh, you must work here. And I started to tell him, hey, man, I'm here to pick up my passport, brother. They told me it would be ready the day before. I'm cool. I'm here the day before. Y'all even got to call me because you told me y'all would call me when it was ready. You know, I'm trying to, trying to let him know that I know the protocol. Apparently, I paid for the protocol, and I'm here to see the protocol be executed. This man said to me, at 11 o'clock, they do the pickups. It is not here. It should be here tomorrow. I will call you tomorrow at 11 a.m. Cool. No doubt about it. We move forward expeditiously. I go home. I'm like, you know what? That's fine. I'll just jump back on the road tomorrow. Holla at my man. Seemed like an upstanding fellow. Questionable shirt choice. But hey, not everybody's got it like that. You know what I mean? Not everybody's summer can be as popping as I want his to be, actually. Not need, but want his to be. You in here, you're working with two, you know, lovely ladies who are extremely helpful, right? So I have an appointment from 10 to 11 today. You know, my lady goes and works out. I'm like, oh, today's going to be a stellar day. You know, I don't even need to do the stuff I usually do in the morning because I got stuff to do today. I'm moving and shaking. I'm feeling like an adult out here. 11.09 comes around. No call from my man. I'm like, ah, well, you know, maybe maybe something's happening at the old office, right? Maybe they got a flurry of passports. <laughs> and maybe he just can't find mine in the moment. So I hit him up. Say, hey, man, how you doing? This is Jason Goff. Talked to you yesterday. Said my passport would be in there today. All of a sudden, I get put on hold. I'm like, oh, shit, that's not a good sign. That's not a good sign. <laughs> Usually when something is, is ready for you, you don't have to be put on hold, right? It's just like the day before when I heard her click, clacking too many keys. I'm like, man, that, sure a lot, that sound like a lot of searching for something that should be in a drawer, right? <laughs> like, that sound, like I, don't have to, I don't have to type anything when I'm giving someone something that I know is right there. This man comes back on the phone. Tony Gill, Jesse Lopez. Jesse, you've known me for a little bit now, right? We, we've grown accustomed to each other. You see me as a fun-loving guy. Tony knows me a little bit better. Uh, I don't know if Tony's seen me in any instances where I wasn't the happiest. Uh, I think he has, actually. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think Oh, has, yeah. Right? 
Yeah. And you know, Tony, I tried to guard the, you know, the fun-loving, good-hearted thing. Like, I try to keep that energy rolling at all times because I understand that, you know, I tip well because when bad service happens, you need to see the person who tipped well and didn't expect this, if that makes any sense. So this man begins to not only tell me, your passport ain't here, but... He also flippantly says, you can just change the flight. I was like, oh, 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 you circle gets the square, my man. I am on the way. I'm on the way. <laughs> I'm pulling up. You don't even need to drop your location. It, thank you for making me aware of what I can do with my money because of your incompetence, right? So he begins to, he's one of these guys that thinks, and you know, I understand if you deal with assholes all day long, that maybe forces you to be one, right? What I don't understand is when I don't give you that energy and you continue to be one. So the nonchalant, flippant manner in which he also said, I'm trying to do you a favor here in terms of like, we should stop the conversation. I was like, oh, this guy is, this guy. I, when I went up there, I didn't see anyone else in the building. So, so apparently there's a brigade of people who will get between he and I before, you know, the reckoning needs to happen, right? So I start to, I start to do like little stretches in the car while I'm on the phone. You know, shout out to Bluetooth. You know, shout out to, shout out to hands-free activity where you can just do other things. So I'm, you know, I'm in there getting the quads ready. You feel me? Like that's, fellas out there, y'all always worried about your upper body. Get your, get your, get your lower body limber. The last thing you want is a pull when you, you know, when you, you, you know, on the ones and twos. So, so, so I pull up, I pull up downstairs at 180 North LaSalle and I'm telling him I'm downstairs. We could stop talking about this. I'm on my way up. Right. And in that moment, shout out to I believe her name was Ayla, because Ayla heard apparently what was going to happen to this man through the phone and told him to put me on hold. And then she jumped on and started to kind of, you know, it needed and I don't mean to be sexist. I don't want to offend anybody, but the situation needed a woman's touch. Right. It's like one of those things where, you know, ladies and it's not incumbent upon them or their responsibility. But sometimes ladies feel like, all right, if I interject myself here, these two, these two buffoons will, will calm this down a little bit, right? So she gets on the phone. She assures me that this, you know, this doesn't normally happen, but she's sorry that it did. She sent me the UPS, uh, the USPS tracking number, all the good things that this jerk off should have sent me, right? And <clears throat> I'm... I'm sitting there and I'm talking to her and I'm as angry as I've been in a long time because when I get disappointed by customer service, it means something to me, right? Like you go somewhere expecting your green to, to get the service, to get the good, right? You work, you, you know, you put yourself in a bind, like I put myself in and then somebody says, hey, I can do this for you for an exorbitant amount of money, but we got you. And then when you're not had and then someone tells you, how they could have helped you out in a different, or how you could have gone about it in a different way. Apparently, I could, I should have given them more money or less money or the money they asked for. Either way, I wasn't going to get my passport on time. So, um, shout out to uh, what is it, Chicago Expedited Passport Services. 
I'm going to see them tomorrow because I got to go pick up my passport, right? We had to delay the flight. I had to tell my lady, hey, man, I botched this one. I apologize. She's like, oh, don't worry. You know, it's fine. You know, she's making me feel better about the situation. But I feel like a screw up in this, in this instance. And I just want to let y'all know this. If this is the last episode of the show, the Full Go podcast, it's been real because I still have to go up there tomorrow to get my passport. And I know Ayla will be there, right? And I know she'll she'll greet me, right? Probably at the door with my passport. But I just want to, I just want to, you know, just just get a get an understanding with this young man about customer service and about people that you should treat well, which is all the people who are paying you, right? I just want to do that. Uh, my lady's assured me already that she's going up there with me. You know, I don't know what that's about. Maybe she just wants to take a field trip. You know, <laughs> maybe she just wants to hang out, go for a ride. I don't know. I don't think I'm off balance. But, you know, it's, it's one of those days where nothing went right for me. Like, I expected to get a shave. Couldn't even go do that. Had to go on my guy, Big Dave and Matt Peck's podcast with CHGO looking like, you know, welcome back, Cotter, over here. Like, you know, it was it was one of those days, man, where you where you make plans to get shit done and nothing gets done. The only well, there's a couple of good things that happened today. Like, I got through the day, obviously, and you know, I get I'm hanging out with my little guy. Like, I got to see my little guy this evening, and you know, getting ready to take him to school in the morning. But man. I'm going to tell y'all like this. We This thing is the full go. Yeah, I don't really get uh, the full gambit of what goes on in life. And sports are important. But let me, uh, like, don't let these, these soulless joy suckers that are roaming around this city get to you, man. Whether it be in the form of these little badass kids running around downtown, whether it be, you know, rayon shirt wearing weirdos who may or might not catch an eye jammy the day after the incident that they, you know, that they they brought upon themselves. Who knows? You know what I mean? But like, don't let don't let the joy suckers get to you because they are out here and they are busy at work. They do not enjoy their lives. They they have not made much of themselves. I have a whole preamble that I have prepared for going in here tomorrow. Like, I'm going to let these ladies know that I hope this isn't the end of the road for them career wise, because you obviously see how it's made this man turn out. Like, I, it's going to be a thing. You know, I, I'm going to I might bring some musical accompaniment. Um, on 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 the JBL flip speaker that I got. Oh yeah, this, this is gonna. You know me, Tony. This is gonna be a production. You you you're welcome to come up there if you want to because I at at um I'd say around like three p.m. uh Wednesday afternoon Central Standard Time. I, I'm gonna you know I'm gonna be up there and I'm gonna I'm gonna check on things, make sure my passport is up there because I just don't get it, guys. I just don't get it. Like you pay for something, you expect to get it. And then when you don't get it, it should be a little bit more, um, you know, contrition. <laughs> you should, you should, you should, you should be easing my fears that this, I don't know, is going to happen again tomorrow. So yeah, um, long story less long. Uh, I'm probably not going to police. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to be either um, detained or just not being able to go because I paid a whole bunch of money for a passport to be here that just isn't here. And, my, you know, my lady tried to lift my spares. My mom did. I'm like, no, it's not about that. I want to, have y'all ever wanted to stay angry? <laughs> like, have, have y'all ever been like, no, no, no. Angry is where I need to be. Like, I've been happy for a couple of weeks now. I feel like that's a good enough amount. <laughs> like, I, I built the happiness bucket. It's, 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 
it's overflowing. And at this point, you know, some of that, some of those anger, like, but like troughs, you know, just need to come through with a, with a little anger cup and just scoop out a little bit of that, that happiness that's overflowing. Because boy, I tell you, man, I try to be good to people, but when people are, people are like that, it's like, man, what's wrong with you? Like, what, what's really happening with you that you, who raised you? Talk to somebody. Yeah, who raised you? Right? Like, who raised you? I'm just, I was just on the internet talking to people about the best Mexican food in the city. Like, I was having a good three, four day run. And the moment I leave the house to go get something done like an adult, it kicks me in the ass. Like, I just, I, I don't know. I must have pissed somebody off. And whoever I pissed off, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I just want to get my passport and I want to make sure that I get through this week without having handcuffs put on me. Um, so hopefully, you know, hopefully one of those things will happen tomorrow. <laughs> I did make the mistake, though, of, um, of uh, telling the young man that um, I'm coming up there to either slap someone or get my passport and the decision is up to him. So, you know, probably should take that back. And I don't apologize for all of you listening right now. <laughs> for everyone listening, because, you know, there's going to be people out there like, oh, I can't believe he's got a son. Does he raise? No, I don't raise my, no. First of all, my son's the, the, the least violent person you're ever going to meet in your life. Trust me, you'll see in 20 years. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah, and I am too. But just, you know, like, what did I do to you? Right? I gave you my money. <laughs> like, after a while, like, I'm the bitch, you know? And I don't like being the bitch. You know, <laughs> that's not a comfortable position for me. So it has to land on someone else. So there it is. I have no idea what this segment was or means to anyone. I just needed it. And Bill Simmons hired me to do 200 episodes a season of this thing. And if one episode is me getting the shit off my chest before I go to bed, then damn it, that's what y'all gonna have to deal with. I know y'all wanted to hear me talk about Keegan Thompson getting his chest lit up this this evening by Boom Boom Mancini and, and the Santander Corporation, the Baltimore Orioles throwing. When's the last time the Baltimore Orioles been shit, by the way? Like, when's the last time you were like, man, them Orioles? Like, Brady Anderson days? Like, what are we talking about? Chris Davis? Was it Chris with a K? Or was that the brother in Oakland? I used to always get it mixed up. Like, there was two Chris Davises. There was a brother in Oakland who looked like uh, like uh, Panthro from, from Thundercats, right? Like that, that dude was jacked, never smiled, right? I used to always wonder why they put the, like, the super mechanic brother voice on Panthro. And it's like, oh, yeah, he's a mechanic brother. That's why they did it to him. But, yeah. And then there was the Chris Davis who, like, hit 50 home runs for the Orioles and then just forgot how to hit a baseball magically, like, three years after that. But, that's the last time the Orioles were relevant. Keegan Thompson goes out there, gets beat up real good. It's going to happen, right? It's going to happen. Uh, and on a, some other Cubs news, Joe Madden got fired today. 12 games in a row, the Angels lost, and Joe Madden got fired. You mean to tell me there was no uh, chimpanzee that he could have had come and, and jump around the clubhouse? Like there was no magic tricks that, that, that could have, you know, spurned uh, Shohei Otani and Mike Trout and the rest of the talented squad that they got, Taylor Ward and all them dudes that that that, that could have gotten them a dub one time in these last 12 games, right? There, there's, there's no dress-up day 
that he hey he didn't look at the angels and say hey by the way it's funny costume day tomorrow that's how we're gonna break this win streak he didn't do that it, he couldn't call Jason Hayward and be like hey hey scream at everybody while I'm out here blowing <laughs> the World Series can you can you it's a rain delay make something happen Black Magic <laughs> slaps him on the ass and he walks in the clubhouse like hey cut this shit out next thing you know the Cubs win the World Series like that wasn't available oh man nineteen seasons. As an MLB manager, I'm sure Joe Madden will get another shot somewhere. Uh, but, yeah, it's, his time is over in, uh, in Los Angeles or Anaheim, wherever the hell the Angels are playing these days. And as far as the Sox are concerned, hey, Mike, Michael Kopech. It, <laughs> Michael Kopech is that dude. And Pretty all good. the things that we, man, Tony, I'm telling you, all the shit that we thought about this dude like three, four years ago when it was like, oh, man. Hard throwing righty. He's super pretty. The sisters love him. He out here dating IG chicks. Like it's 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 up, right? And then the injury and the big old beard and the family set in. And all of a sudden, he out here looking like Nolan Ryan. Like the man has a 194 ERA. He if you looked at his game log, look who he's beaten. Like he's going up against the Yankees, he's going up against the Red Sox. He's going to be his real lineup. He's going to be this Dodger squad. By the way, if Mookie Betts ain't what beautiful black baseball is in, in the flesh, in every representation, in every moment, like watching that cat play and just move, you're like, ah, man, the ancestors, you know, the, the Willie Mazes of the world looking down like, yep, we, we're good. You know what I mean? <laughs> like the, 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 I wouldn't say Barry Bonds, but I don't want to put that on Mookie right now. But yeah, like just looking at that dude, knowing that baseball is athletic, baseball is fun, baseball is effortless at times. A man worked his way out of Boston, ends up a Dodger out there in L.A., thriving and he got to sit his ass down three times tonight too right like Michael Kopech if <sighs> I'm doing what White Sox fans are supposed to do if Lance Lynn comes back feeling good and Michael Kopech is throwing like this and Lucas Giolito is Lucas Giolito right you know and then Johnny Cueto's out there doing the you know the machado on the <laughs> on, on the bump uh, uh, I uh, I'm feeling, I'm starting to get it going again. All I needed was three games in a row, Tone. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling myself. Boy, don't you start. I'm out here trying on different socks, hats, and lids again. I'm feeling good about it, you know? I'm like, no, no, no. We we might feel good about this thing. Tim Anderson has been out. Here comes the, the, the socks are better without Tim Anderson, people. Let the socks sweep the Dodgers or let them win the series against the Dodgers. Oh, yeah. It's going to be Danny Mendick Central out here. By the way, shout out to AJ Pollock. Uh, getting a uh, a hit against his former team again, a big hit, uh, two run. Uh, what was it? Uh, two run scoring uh, double, uh, pinch hit double uh, against the Los Angeles Dodgers. So yeah, man, it was a fun game overall. And Michael Kopech is the shit. Like it's it's as simple as that. If you've got terrific starting pitching, which the White Sox have, they, they have the potential to have an outstanding staff. Lance Lynn comes back and starts to get himself back in shape. I mean, this is one of the four or five best pitchers in the American League last year. And, of course, Lucas Giolito, he's going to eat up innings for you, even in the game where he gave up five runs in his last start. Didn't happen until the end of the game. Was able to set up the bullpen. And you know Tony LaRusso is out here living his baseball wet dream. Boy, he's like, wait a minute, I could use four relievers every night? What? 
<laughs> Aaron Bummer and Kendall Graven just sitting there just like, <laughs> they was doing the same shit I was doing in the car. <laughs> they was getting ready in the car. Like, all right. Don't threaten, don't threaten going, Tony with a good time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Tony, Tony's like, ah, oh, yeah. I, I see you with your got to face two batters rule. Mm-hmm. I, if, if there was three mounds in the bullpen, he would have three people warming up at all times. But, yeah. Aaron Bummer gets an inning, inning double play. Uh, you know, Kendall Graven gets an inning, inning double play. Like, this is this is why they put this team together. And, and your boy Rick Hahn poked his head out. He poked his head out. Yeah, I see you, Rick. You know when to do it. You know when to do it. You know exactly when to do it. It's like, ah, I'm not happy with what I've seen, but I'm feeling good about things. Yeah, a week and a half ago, silence. <laughs> when, when Sox fans was getting ready to, you know, head to 35th of Shields with, with, with pitchforks and torches, it was a little bit different then. But, yeah, this is the, a long season. The, the injuries that they have succumbed to in the first, what, quarter of this season, hopefully they don't continue. Eloy Jimenez has got, what, six, seven games under his belt now at Charlotte, trying to get his legs up under him. Uh, you know, Lance Lynn's got maybe one or two more starts down there. And then that's it. That's it. So looking forward to whatever this Sox season is getting ready to turn into as we get into the hardest summer. But if the Sox can pitch like this, and if Michael Kopech is as good as not just we think he is, but as he's shown, because now it's the application of it, right? Now it's like, oh, look, it's not just happening every other start, or it's not something that we're worried about where it, can, he, can he stretch out his arm? No. Michael Kopech was drafted to be a starter, and he has reached that. You know, we, uh, we've seen White Sox pitchers who have been phenoms start out in the bullpen and have to stay there by need. We saw it with Chris Sale, you know, and now we're seeing that with Michael Kopech, who is now one of the best starters in all of baseball, not just the American League. And speaking of, man, speaking of guys you saw in the bullpen early and then became starters, David Price. Like, I remember David Price as a Ray, where it's like, oh, this is it. Like, this is supposed to be that that Doc Gooden type of vibe. And after that Ray situation and, you know, what happened in Boston and the amount of money he was getting and just the pressures, like, you talk about an, an arm talent that when he was pitching today on the bullpen for the Dodgers, they're like, oh, holy shit, it's David Price. Like, this is the dude, this is the phenom that just, what, eight, nine years ago was going to be in line for multiple Cy Young awards. And now he's coming out of the bullpen. So, you know, you never know which way the elbows or the shoulders are going to go when it comes to pitching. You just got to capitalize when you can and why you can. And right now, Sox got one of the best in all of the American League and all of Major League Baseball. And his name is Michael Kopech. And I look forward to him starting as many games as possible. We'll be back with more of the full goal with Jason Goff. After a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Bulls talk with Jason Goff on the full goal. Flies in with a two-handed slam dunk. Brought to you by The Ringer, a Spotify original. Darnell Mayberry. Oh, man, I appreciate you joining us, brother. Um, so, as always, here on the Full Goal Podcast, we bring on people that we rock with. 
And, you know, if they have dissenting opinions, that's fine. But at least we rock with them. And this is a brother who I rock with. Uh, was rocking with him for a long time before he got here to Chicago. He's been here on the beat for some years now. Covers the Bulls for the Athletic, uh, as well as doing all the other things that you need NBA content-wise. He is Darnell Mayberry, joining us here on the Full Go Podcast. Darnell, stirring up some shit, man. Uh, the, 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 the quote, the, the big, bold, and proud quote about Zach Levine had a whole bunch of brothers in group chats like, hey, man, it's so crazy, too, because the toughest, roughest dudes you will ever want to imagine in this city was like, you think Zach gonna leave us, dog? I'm like, I'm like you a bona fide motherfucking gangster. Why are you on my phone crying about an NBA player right now? But I blame Darnell because Darnell has the city stirred up. What's the latest on the Zach Levine situation at 1046 on, on Tuesday night? Yeah, I mean, this, this is all a wait-and-see approach. Um, first of all, I appreciate you having me on, Jason. I'm a big fan, and congratulations to all your success, brother. Love, um, man. But but it's a wait-and-see situation with Zach because, you know, July 1st is fast approaching, and last we heard, this man didn't know what he wanted. <laughs> and he was going into the offseason, you know, looking for the highest bidder, the, the, the person, the franchise that was going to woo him the most. Yep. And so we're going to see how this plays out. I think we're going to hear rumors leading up to July 1st. Uh, and then once, once the clock strikes mid- midnight, you know, I think everything's going to start hitting the fan and we're going to hear, hear a lot more smoke. So, um, but if I had to put my money on it right now, Jason, I'm, I'm saying he's coming back. He's going to resign. But the whole premise of my article was we don't know. Right, right. And it's so crazy because we were just talking and actually you'll, you'll hear it on this pod. Uh, we're talking to Patrick Finley about Khalil Mack and how the city kind of, of course, you root for a guy who's going to help your team and he's a dominant player until he got hurt his last couple years here. But the city never really knew him, right? Like, Khalil Mack was kind of like a mercenary. You come in here, get the quarterback, go home, eat, (laughs) sleep, play football again. Like, Zach Levine, I don't feel like is on that level because I feel like the city somewhat knows him. But I also think there's a lot that the city doesn't know. And I think a lot of people don't know, period, about Zach Levine. Like, he's he's, um, he's not an insanely private person, but he's private enough And when it comes to these kind of moments, if you try to put together all the breadcrumbs of what he said, what he's been, uh, like how he feels about things, he's he's played this thing the last couple of years the way he's supposed to. Hey, I want my money when I'm supposed to get my money. I've gotten better. And now that the Portland and Utah talk and all the other stuff is bubbling up, what's your read on Zach Levine as a professional at this point in his career? Like what's important to him? And what maybe uh, do fans not know that they need to know that goes into the decision-making about where his next steps will be taken? He wants to win. And all the people, the critics, the uh, the fans who say he's uh, a losing player because this was his first year in the playoffs, that's not his fault. It's not all on him. You can't absolve him of of not making the playoffs in his first seven seasons, but you can't put it all on him either. Zach has always made winning uh, a, a, a critical piece to what he wants to do and accomplish in this league. So uh, he does want to be looked at as one of the best scorers. He does want to be looked at as an all-star and Olympian and all these things as a superstar player, but he uh, he's always said that it all comes with winning. 
and and as long as he's winning and having team success, then he's going to get all of those individual accolades. So um, I believe him. I take him at his word that he does want to win. If he goes to the Orlando Magic or something, you know, <laughs> they're going to have to have a different conversation. But, uh, you know, for, for the most part, he he doesn't just talk about it. Also, Jason, I mean, you've seen him. He goes out there and he actually tries to play the right way. It doesn't mm-hmm. always lead to success. Uh, it doesn't always look pretty, but he tries to play the right way at times, too. So what do you think Zach Levine needs to be the winning player? Because... You know, the, there's been a lot floated about him not wanting to be the second fiddle to DeMar DeRozan. Of course, you know, LeVar Ball threw his two cents in there. And, uh, you know, I don't know people take that for with a grain of salt these days or not. But what do you think he sees himself as in terms of best player on a champion, just, uh, you know, a piece to a championship puzzle? Like, what, what do you think he's telling his agent around the winning? Like, go get me to a winner or make sure that I'm in a winning situation. Make sure we're holding people's feet to the fire. But also, this is what I need as well. You know, I, I know people close to Zach have have had questions about his role in the league. Um, and and Zach has stood firm. And rightfully so. I mean, he he's the one out there working hard. He's the one out there, blood, sweat, and tears uh, year in and year out. And so he has the ultimate confidence and belief in himself and you know last time I talked to him it was about this this topic was about two years ago two seasons ago and he's only gotten better since so Mm -hmm. I imagine he still looks at himself uh the same way if not more than before because now he's a two-time all-star now he's a an Olympic gold medalist so um you know I don't think he's rattled by DeMar DeRozan coming in here and, and getting MVP chance uh, and, and leading this team to a 15-win improvement, I think Zach Levine still feels like he can be the man. He's only 27 years old. He's just now entering the prime of his career. He's got a lot more years ahead of him that's going to be really, really good high-level years of basketball. What do you think Arturis Karnaschovas and Mark Eversley think of Zach Levine right now? I think they have questions. I mean, publicly, they're going to say all the right things. And, and I wrote this in my article, Jason. I mean, th- there is a devil's advocate argument out there of why you wouldn't want to lavish Levine with a, a top dollar contract, why you wouldn't want to make him the, the pillar of your franchise. Um, you know, he's had an injury history. Mm-hmm. He has been had reduced effect, effectiveness in the second half of the seasons. And he just hasn't uh, been able to perform on the playoff stage to where you know what you're going to get. I mean, you're paying for potential rather than production. So uh, past production or proven productivity. So uh, it's a lot of questions out there about whether or not Zach Levine is worth it. I kind of look at it. I'd like to hear your take on it, Jason. I'd like to kind of look at it like when they had Jimmy Butler. As soon as you get rid of him, you're going to be looking for someone like this. Zach Levine has finally developed into that all-star caliber player, and now you want to get rid of him? It wouldn't make sense to me to let him go. Yeah, yeah, I, I feel that you know, top 30 dudes get paid by somebody, right? And whether it be you or you signing and trading them. And I was talking to this, uh, speaking to this with uh, Peck and uh, Big Dave over at CHGO today about this offseason, well, the offseason prior to this one, you know, the Bulls in signing trades receive the best player in the deal. When you are sending the best player in the deal, 
Uh, you, you're going to get the Garrett Temples back and the picks back and those kinds of things. I just would want to know, okay, if you don't want to pay Zach or if you don't think he's worth this money, what are you getting back for him? Because there's not that much of a precipitous drop you can take before you're out here talking playing territory again, right? And and that's somewhere that Arturis Karnaschovas and Mark Eversley can't afford to go because if you come in talking draft, build, develop, and then you take a wrecking ball to this thing and bring 13 new players in in two years – all right, now you're, you're reversing course on what you said you do. I don't know how much patience the fan base would have uh, for you to do that again and say, okay, we're going to try something else only all in the span of three years. So, you know, the way contract clocks are, um, you know, expiring on this team, I think they not only are forced to, I think that you could do a lot worse. And I know that is not what Bulls fans want to hear, but, if they do have a big three of DeMar DeRozan, Nikola Vucevic, and Zach Levine, then your four through nine got to be better. And it's got to, you know, you can't wait on kids if this is what you're throwing out there because now you're banking on Ben Simmons, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving not gelling. You're banking on Chris Middleton being hurt or Drew Holiday being hurt. Somebody being hurt around Giannis Antetokounmpo. You're banking on beating uh, a Ben's, uh, Ben Simmons list. 76ers team, but also the guy in Joel Embiid who beats you every single time he's seen you. So, like, you know what you're going up against. And then on top of it, the Orlando's, Detroit's, and Cleveland's, and those teams, the Atlanta's of the world, ain't going nowhere either. So, uh, who are you and who do you want to be? Like, if you're okay with being who you are right now, you think you can get better. It's all about our tourists and Mark betting on themselves in terms of who they think they can snatch, not only in this draft, but also unearthed in terms of you know, high value, low money uh, acquisitions because they only got, what, one or two spaces that they can mess around with this roster. So they're kind of locked in to what they have right now unless they want to look at a fan base and say, hey, by the way, you know, we we traded for Nikola Vucevic to keep Zach Levine here, but we got to send Zach Levine somewhere else now because we don't want to pay him. It's just they're they're in a they're in a weird um Good problem because they, they're going to be a good team. But taking the next steps, now you're going to find out what Mark Eversley and Arturis Karnaschovas are really made of. And that's why I think there is uncertainty with Zach because we don't know how he truly feels about the direction of this franchise. They made some great moves last offseason. But does Zach sit back and look at what's happened in the Eastern Conference and say, this isn't enough. I'd rather take my chances out West. You know, there's all kinds of things and questions that we just don't know. He Maybe he can go in and make the money up off the court in L.A. Right. Maybe he would have to sacrifice potentially. You know, I do. I still think if he did leave, it'll be a sign and trade. He's going to get his money. Yeah. Zach Levine is going to get his $200 million from, yeah. from the Bulls, <laughs> but and then transfer it over to somebody. Ain't no way in hell he's leaving 50 some odd million dollars on the table. Right. Like, and, I go and, back to Carmelo Anthony when 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 Cap was ranting and raving about Carmelo Anthony caring more about money than winning. I'm like, no, nah, he cared more about the $54 million that he can't tell Lala Anthony about that I left on the table to come play in the cold of Chicago, baby. Nah, All right, we I keep we we can't tell our ladies we leaving five grand on the table. You mean to tell me you gonna tell an NBA player to tell his family $54 million right. ain't gonna do it? So right. Zach's gonna get paid. And he's going to get his max money. It's just the Portland thing is intriguing to me, Darnell, because that is a low-intensity, high-reward 
kind of uh, destination where Damian Lillard's finally feeling some of the heat of, you know, he was calling to be treated like a star for years. And then all of a sudden, you know, that star weight come with it. And then the coaching situation with Chauncey Billups and the heat that he caught for kind of like, you know, green light that and then stepping back on it. And then CJ McCollum and he, you know, you, you knew that they were going to be fun, but you knew that that thing was never going to really turn itself over. Now he's out here, you know, Bradley Beal, Zach Levine, all the conversations are being had. Like I, that's why I asked you about what Zach wants, because does Zach want a, a lo-fi kind of high, high reward kind of situation like Portland? Like you mentioned, who would have thought that going out to the West would be the, 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 you know, the, the, the road uh, that would be easier travel to get to a finals. And that's exactly what's happening right now because this thing is cyclical. The East has had these picks for a good decade now, and all of a sudden they're coming to fruition in the, the forms of Joel and Giannis and some of these other guys, and Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Do you think a, a, a spot like Portland or, you know, God forbid, a spot like Utah would be um, intriguing to a Zach Levine? Like, is he looking for a certain media market? Is he looking for a certain level of exposure? Or is it just the winning path that he wants to take? Yeah, that Portland thing is really interesting. I mean, the other thing that we haven't mentioned, Jason, is what is like two hours away from his career? True. I mean, th- there's all kind of additional or ancillary benefits to this, this decision that he might have uh, before him that we just, again, we don't know um, and we're going to get some answers to over the next couple of weeks because uh, some things are going to leak, uh, whether it's from his camp or the teams, uh, the executives throughout the league. Things are going to leak about what is the wish list uh, and what exactly is on it and, and what's important to him. So I can't wait for these next couple of weeks because I think closer to the draft, we're going to start to hear a lot more. And then right after the draft, it's going to heat up. Darnell, th- this thing stays the way it is right now for all teams in the Eastern Conference. And obviously that's not the case. Things going to move around. But put Ben Simmons on the, on the Brooklyn Nets and say that you get half a season out of Kyrie. How many teams are better than the Bulls going into next season in the Eastern Conference? Man, I, I still think four or five. Um, you've got Milwaukee, you've got Boston, you've got Brooklyn, you've got Philly, and Miami. <laughs> right. So, so that's five right there. So now you're in the in the group with Atlanta, the Knicks, uh, the team I'm probably forgetting, Charlotte. Indiana, Charlotte, yeah. Charlotte, uh, Indiana, if they, you know, who knows what they might might do with some of their pieces, their veteran pieces. But um, they got a long way to go to retool this thing again because what they did last summer clearly isn't enough. And we saw that in, uh, what was that, that closeout game at Milwaukee? Uh-huh. All of those three-pointers and all of those misses, um, you know, that that was just unacceptable. And that wasn't a coaching thing. Uh, I can't even blame the players. That's a personnel thing. that Those, they, those guys just weren't capable of right. going out there and performing. And, and I know they had their injuries, but it showed you clearly how much more improvement this roster needs. Who's going to be more important for the Bulls going forward, Kobe White or Patrick Williams? Oh, Patrick Williams. I don't think Kobe White will be here. And it might be at the draft. It might be at some point in free agency or before the start of the season. Um, and it might be at the, at the deadline next season. But I just think that they know that Kobe White's time is, is, is up. It's expired. And they need to get some sort of asset for him and maximize uh, the asset that is Kobe White and not just let him walk next season for nothing. 
All right, Donnell, let's do this in a couple of weeks, a little bit longer form. Let this thing breathe a little bit. But I saw, I saw the uh, the, the article in the Athletic, and I just want to let you know that you got a bunch of gangsters running around this city crying about a light skinned basketball player. Hey, tell them gangsters I appreciate them reading the Athletic. <laughs> <laughs> My man Darnell Mayberry from from the Athletic. You can check him out uh, on Twitter, and and he does a great job. And he's uh he's he's doing he's doing fine by the city, right? You, I used to read him when he covered the Oklahoma City Thunder. All of a sudden, he popped up on the shores of Lake Michigan. He's been doing a bang up job since then, man. I'll see you in the media room. I'll see you around the city soon, my brother. Appreciate you having me, Jason. Darnell Mayberry, right here on the Fogo Podcast. Coming up after a short timeout, he covers the Chicago Bears like a blanket for the Chicago Sun-Times. He is Patrick Finley. We're going to talk about Justin Fields. We're going to talk about this new-look defense, Matt Eberflus being super coachy, and this team that might win four or five games this season. Hey, this is Lance Briggs. You're listening to The Full Go with Jason Goff. You know, you know what I'm noticing? What's up, Pat? How you doing, brother? I'm noticing that my Zoom setup is ass. Like, I've had two years now to work on this. And every time I jump on here with somebody, it's always some, some fly shit like yours. You got the, the the teddy bear. You got the, what are those? They're not beanie babies, but you got the mascots in the back. You got the <laughs> Heads. You know, you got the section 44. I'm thinking it's Hank Aaron. I'm not, that's what it's going to be in my head. <laughs> Patrick Finley, Chicago Sunshine, joining us here. He covers the Bears and he is the host of the Hallis Intrigue podcast. Pat, always a fan of your work. Always good to talk to you and see you, my man. Uh, speaking of intrigue, where does it lie with this Bears team? <laughs> That's a good question. Is it? Are they going to be the worst team in the league or the third worst team in the league? Maybe that's the intrigue. Uh, uh, we're setting up for not a very good season here. Uh, the, the Bears have broadcast that as directly as they can without being disrespectful to the fan base, I think. Uh, they're spending a lot of money on players who are not playing for them this year, and the payoff is that next year they have the most salary cap space in football. So, you know, the best thing about 2022 is they'll try and get them to 2023 the big intrigue will be what Justin Fields can do. I think everything else will be window dressing. So where is the controversy? You know, I, I know media fans and players alike always think, all right, there's controversy somewhere. I, I look at all these other teams. Kyler Murray is out here acting like, you know, your favorite Instagram model, just deleting pics from relationships past. And, you know, you, you, you look over at Philadelphia, they're celebrating the Super Bowl right now with the acquisition of A.J. Brown and the draft that they had. Where is the controversy or where are the questions that are burning for a team like you mentioned that might be one of the five worst in the league this year? Are they giving Justin Fields a chance? Uh, They're certainly giving him the snaps. They are certainly giving him the opportunity to play, provided he stays healthy. But look at who's around him. (laughs) I don't know how many quarterbacks in football would be great with the sporting cast that Justin Fields has. And the question is, are they going to be competent enough that you can make a judgment about Justin Fields this season? Because I think it would be terribly unfair if Justin Fields goes into a season with Darnell Mooney, who's a good player, Cole Komet, who's okay, and David Montgomery is, you know, somewhere in between the two, uh, and nobody else. And then, you know, if they go four and 13, and the Bears are picking third, guess what they might pick? 
a quarterback. So they need to see what they have in fields, and they need to surround him somehow with enough competent pieces that he gets a fair shake uh, at, at being good. Now, I think, I think he will be. I think they like him. I think Bears fans who get worked up about, well, did Ryan Pulse say Justin Fields' name quick enough in the press conference, whatever it may be, I, I don't buy into any of that. I think they're thrilled to have him. But, man, I would have loved for them to have given him a couple more pieces this offseason. Oh, see, sounds like it's shaping up to be the Kyler Murray thing, right? But in reverse, because <laughs> Josh Rosen and Steve Wilkes got canned. All of a sudden, Steve Kime goes to Texas Tech to find Cliff Kingsbury, who's gotten uh, a little bit worse uh, each year in terms of managing a football team. And it seems like the Bears just got rid of a Cliff Kingsbury type in Matt Nagy, a guy who's built to be an OC and maybe not a head coach overall. Uh, speaking of head coaches, Matt Eberflus. There are a few guys who, to me, are, you know, take me as I am, guys, you know, and, and football has the most of them, where it's like, this is what this dude is. There's no frills. <laughs> if, if you don't like all the the hits principles and all the other coachy, coachington things that he does, it's not your flavor. But if you do like those things, it seems like he is that guy. I got a chance to talk to Quan Muhammad at the Super Bowl. And he sang his praises so much so I was like, all right, when are you going to be a Chicago Bear? He lied to us, told us he wasn't, or he didn't know if he was. He becomes a Chicago Bear. Uh, what are your first glimpses, your initial reactions to what Matt Eberflus not only is trying to employ here, but who he is as a head coach? Yeah, so he didn't just say late March. That's not what he told you. You should have right, just right, said it. Right. That, that's what happened. You said it right. Matt Eberflus is somebody who gets really into the football stuff. And in our interactions with him, um, both on and off the record, since he's been hired, I haven't heard or learned a whole heck of a lot about what he's like off the field, what he likes to do. Uh, you know, Matt Nagy, uh, when Matt Nagy was hired, Matt Nagy was just about to turn 40. You know, he has four young kids. You know, he was a baseball dad. He was, uh, he had interests, you know, he liked to golf. Um, you know, he could talk to you about stuff kind of out there in, in culture. I don't know if Matt Eberflus is that guy yet because it hasn't jumped out in the press conference yet. Mm -hmm. You know, it should tell you all you need to know about him and his football mind that the most animated we've seen him get thus far is when somebody asked how he was going to pick his captains. <laughs> you know, this is uh, this is not uh, high level uh, high level stuff. This is football guy <laughs> stuff, and he is certainly a football guy. He is an adult in the room for sure. That's not to say that Matt Nagy wasn't, but he right. seems uh, calm. He seems really, really interested. And you mentioned the hits principle. I will, I will spare everybody the details of it. But suffice it to say, when you get on the field, they want you to run to the ball and hustle. Um, you know, they want you uh, on the offensive end. They made a big deal out of getting the offensive lineman to lose weight. You know, there are some of these old school football things that they are implementing, thinking that it will make them better. And Maybe it will. You know, it, it's interesting. You know, if you look at you know, the Bears coaches since I've been here, I got here for the first year of Mark Tressman, they, and they've tried everything. You know, you know, they had Tressman, then they go to John Fox, who you know, coached in a couple of Super Bowls, had been there before. That didn't work. You go to the offensive guy. You know, that didn't work. Now you're going to kind of the defensive version of the offensive guy. Mm -hmm. and, and what's so unusual about that is that's not the direction that NFL teams have been going in the last 10 years. Uh, hiring a defensive coordinator uh, is just very different than uh, than the trend in the league. Uh, I find it super interesting, even if I don't know how super interesting Matt Eberflus uh, has been. Uh, 
uh, at least uh, in the press conferences so far. Who's best suited to play left tackle midway through this season? Who do you think that job will be, barring any unforeseen injuries? Obviously, Larry Borm getting a look right now. Tevin Jenkins is on the right side. He was drafted to maybe be a, a flip kind of guy. What, what do you think's happening with the tackle position right now in, in camp? I think that guy might not be on the team yet. Uh, part of it is because, you know, you mentioned injuries. These things happen, you know. Uh, you know, you know, Larry Borum, if he gets hurt, uh, you know, you got to go find somebody because I don't think they have the depth uh, to hold that up. And, and I do think that at some point there will be a left tackle, an accomplished left tackle, who might be available at the Bears' price. The Bears are not going to spend a ton of money this year, as established. Um, they'd rather spend it next year. And I think in a perfect world, they'd like to see what they have in Larry Borum. But I look at the Tevin Jenkins-Larry Borum pairing as this. I think there's a really good chance if his back holds up, and Tevin Jenkins can be their right tackle for the next six, seven years. And I think that that's what they're thinking too. And that because of that, Larry Borum goes to the left. And, and that's a weird way to look at it because of all the value put on left tackle. But the Bears are going to spend this season looking for long-term answers, guys they can count on. I think they believe that Jenkins is that road grader kind of right tackle that, uh, that once he gets his feet underneath him, uh, will be somebody they can count on. Now, Larry Borum, in addition to going to you know, the finest public university uh, in the history of time, the University of Missouri at Columbia. Uh, he was not a journalism student, uh, but, you know, I mean, we'll all, we, uh, we embrace you, him. You, you, you um, horrible, you know, horrible, you know, horrible, sure, horrible Mizzou I, guys. <laughs> I, I wasn't sure that he, uh, I, I don't know if he's any good. I really don't. It's a right tackle or a left tackle. But, you know, I appreciate that he made giant steps last year in getting his weight down and getting in the playing shape. And if he can make that step again this year, you know, he'll have a chance. Who's the best player on the defense not named Roquan Smith or Robert Quinn? Jalen Johnson. And it was kind of bizarre. You know, if, if you can drum up controversy in May, and I'm beginning to think the NFL excels at that <laughs> more than anything on the planet, uh, it's that Jalen Johnson... Uh, was playing a little bit with the second team and even uh, some of the third teamers a, a couple of weeks ago in camp. You know, we asked Matt Eberflus about it, and he hinted at the fact that he wanted to get to see him more. And what he was getting at was that Johnson did not participate in the practice versions of some or practice sessions of some of the voluntary <laughs> mini camps. Uh, but he's he's a wonderful player, and I think that you know the combination of, of I think they have a chance to have a really good defensive backfield for years to come, even if Eddie Jackson's not a part of it, because they have three out of the four guys right now who are super young and can be with them forever for five, six, seven years. But Johnson in the last two years has shown me uh, that he can be one of the best five, six corners in the league. I mean, and I don't say that lightly. That's, that's, that's where rarefied air. And this may be the season he gets to it. Now we'll see how he adapts to this cover two scheme that, that Eberflus plays. You know, he likes to keep that shell there. He, you know, they get takeaways at a really good rate, or at least they did in Indianapolis. But it wasn't because they were doing daring things in the defensive backfield. They, they just kind of had to do your job and waited and, and waited for mistakes. Uh, let's see if he can take to that. But I think all the skills are there for him to be a really, really good player for the Bears. What kind of impressions are the rookies having right now in this early part of the offseason getting ready for training camp? Uh, Kyler Gordon, to me, uh, looks... Uh, like a keeper already. Uh, I was, you know, when they drafted him, I was so intrigued by his background, which was, and, and you know this, it was in competitive dance. I mean, it was, 
And, and, you know, and he, he joined football at 10 or 11. He kept dancing, I think, until he was 14. His mom was a gymnastics teacher. Mm-hmm. So this is a guy who his whole life has known how to move his body in the way he wants to move his body and can probably move his body in ways that most of us uh, <laughs> absolutely could not, uh, even with training. Uh, so I, I like I like that a lot. There, I mean, there's the old football cliche about teaching, you know, you know, teaching the football player, you know, dance in the off season. But someone who was raised in it and then transitioning to football, I find super compelling. And the Bears coaches have really tried not to. They've tried not to keep praise on anybody. Quite honestly, you know, we've heard a couple of good things about Darnell Mooney, and you know, we've heard a couple of good things about Jalen Johnson, but only after. We were reminded that he hadn't been around for a little bit. But Kyler Murray, both Matt Eberflus and his position coach, or not Kyler Murray, Kyler Gordon. You got me thinking about Kyler Murray. Uh, <laughs> they, they, they have all heaped prayer. They are unafraid to tell you how good Kyler Gordon has looked. Uh, and, and that works for me. Uh, you know, we'll see on, on, on Vilas Jones. He's somebody who the speed is there, and there's no doubting that. But it took him, you know, five and a half years to to be a really good college football player. And you just wonder, you know, if if it took that long, has he maxed out yet or not? Uh, I, in a way, I feel bad for him because Bears fans were so thrilled that their team might draft a wide receiver, and I was too. I I, I could have sworn they would have taken one in the second round. Then they get this guy, and you know, maybe maybe he's a good gadget player for them. But he is not the answer that people were dreaming of. Um, and I, you know, there's enough pressure in the NFL. I, I hope he doesn't feel the weight of, you know, Bears fans being mad that he's not, you know, one of the five receivers they could have taken in the second round. When do you think Roquan Smith's deal is going to get done? August. That's when these things get done, typically. Uh, right before he acts, he has to put his body in, in the line of fire uh, in, a, in a preseason game or in a, or in a regular season game. Uh, and he's absolutely the kind of guy you want to build around. Uh, you know, there's not a lot of really nice things I can say about the Bears right now, but one of them is that Roquan Smith, if you're going to build your team around a guy, you know, he seems to be um, perfect for modern football in his speed to go side to side, his ability to cover. You know, he's not, you know, and, and he can play the run very, very well, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think he's a good fit. Uh, you know, he was born at the right time, and he's a wonderful athlete. Let's put it that way. Yeah. The, the the player that you think Bears fans are going to get to know one way or another that that maybe is hiding under the earth of you know two deeps or three deep depth charts. Oh man, uh, that's like who's the who's the guy that you that you're thinking? Okay, some way somehow Bears fans are going to find their way to this guy because he is going to be either in, too important for his talent level or show you how important he is, which means he's got to get kicked up. Can I say the punter because he's going to be on the field all the time? Can I say that? No, um, uh, no, they have a rookie punter. And it, that that might uh, that, that's not my answer, but it might be. Uh, Nicholas Morrow <laughs> is somebody who has the speed of Roquan Smith and who will be playing alongside him. And, and you know, this four three defense that we hear about with Sam and Will and Mike. The truth is, they're going to play nickel most of the time. Right. So there's only going to be two linebackers on the field, and those two linebackers are going to be Nicholas Morrow and, and Roquan Smith. Uh, Morrow was hurt last year with the Raiders. Uh, the Bears got him on a cheap one-year deal this season, and I think he has an opportunity to be a very above-average uh, NFL player. Um, you know, I don't know whether that gets your juices going if you're a Bears fan, but uh, I think 
short of the quarterback, I don't know that there are going to be a lot of things that get people fired up this year. Which player that is no longer in this locker room did you have the most uh, fun or um, interest in covering, whether it be Khalil Mack, Keem Hicks, some of the guys who aren't here anymore? Oh, man, that's a good question. You know, Khalil Mack is, is interesting in that. I don't think the city think ever got a, to know him. <laughs> yes. No, that's exactly what I was going to say. Um, I think he's a Hall of Famer. I don't think Bears fans felt like they knew him at all. And some of it, you know, some of it is the pandemic. Some of it is that, mm-hmm. you know, we went two years without, you know, us, the, you know, the media really being in the same room with him. And that, you know, a lot of what fans gather comes from, you know, our interactions with, with these guys. The other part of it is, is he's quiet. And I, I had a respect. I, I had a respect for him and I still do in the same sense that I had a respect for Jay Cutler, if this makes sense. And, and gotcha. give me a second here. You know, Cutler... You could pay Jay Cutler a lot of money and Jay Cutler still probably wouldn't go do that TV commercial in the same way that Jay Cutler, you know, didn't want to spend any more time than he absolutely had to dealing with. Um, and, you know, I know he had a radio show here for a little bit, but that was, you know, that was the exception, not the rule. Um, he was kind of steadfast in his uh, being a jerk, uh, <laughs> for lack of a better phrase. Although, as he got old, as he got older, he he uh, the Mellowed back and out. forth became playful and not and not as combative as it had been. And Khalil Mack never changed. I mean, Khalil Mack is you know he get, he had a press conference uh, right after Bears traded for him with his parents. And he was charming and he made it known, hey, I don't like doing these things. I don't like uh, giving interviews. And I think with the exception of maybe one Sunday night football game, you know, he was not the kind of guy that would show up uh, and you know give the big national. Uh, media organization, uh, you know, 20 minutes of his time and stiff everybody else. He just stiffed everybody. Um, <laughs> no, and, and, uh, and I have an appreciation for that. Uh, yeah. I'd rather not be stiffed. I'd rather him give interviews every week uh, as required by NFL law. But he didn't always do that. I think Akeem Hicks, uh, you know, on the opposite end of that spectrum, especially when things uh, were going well for the team, um, and even when they weren't, uh, Akeem Hicks, was compelling he uh he still carried a grudge from the saints like this is a guy who got paid twice over with the bears he's so furious that the saints would trade him to the patriots in the middle of you know the 2015 season or whatever it was uh he had a a personality that lit up a room and a lot of times with the bigger players and, and by bigger i mean physically bigger players in an nfl locker room you can kind of go one of two ways because you've, you've never been able to hide your whole life. If you were Akeem Hicks's size, if you're Kyle Long's size, um, any of those guys, you walk in a room and you either are super quiet because you don't want to scare anybody, honestly, or you're outgoing and you go out of your way to make people feel as comfortable with you as possible as your default setting. And I think Akeem had a charm to him that I think served him well probably growing up and, you know, and certainly as a pro in that, you know, he, you know, he, he laughed easy and he laughed loud and, you know, he knew your name and, you know, and he gave you a hard time uh, when he wanted to, uh, you know, granted losing takes a toll on people. And I think it took a toll on him toward the end, but in terms of just a, a, a compelling guy and you always knew whenever he was in the room, you knew it, uh, a key mix, I'm going to miss that. All right, so who takes over that mantle now in this locker room? Who who's the who's the guy? Oh, who's the ebullient, you know, uh, personality? I think Tevin Jenkins has got a little of that in him. 
I mean, and it, and it, it's it's weird, but I mean, he was saying the other day, you know, that he was, you know, he's talking about weight loss. He was drinking less. I mean, <laughs> who, among us, who among us hasn't said that? I'm not sure I've said it in a microphone, but, you know, uh, talked about, you know, I think he made a comparison about his his uh, rehab and recovery, I think, to barbecue or to to smoking something out, out on the porch or something like that. Yeah. Um, uh, I appreciate the creativity of those answers. And I, I think it could be him. Um, <laughs> that would He would be my vote. Uh, another guy I'm going to miss, Marquise Goodwin, uh, the, the speedy wide receiver that they had, um, was always uh, a really good quote. And I'd, I'll never forget uh, that he, on the, he sat out the football season in 2020, or the pandemic year in 2020. I remember asking him what he did, I think, on opening day uh, of the year he sat out. And his answer was that he ran to the 7-Eleven and got an iced tea and ran home. <laughs> that, was, that was his physical activity for the day. Um, and you know, and he, he has a really compelling backstory about his track history and all that. So, mm-hmm. uh, so, so uh, I'll give him honorable mention in my uh, King Picks answer. No doubt about it. Uh, what do we got for the next week and a half, two weeks or so? What what can Bears fans be looking forward to, not only in the Hallis Intrigue podcast, but your 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 coverage in the Chicago Sun-Times? Because last pod, I, I got a kick out of the deep ball, uh, you know, um, uh, emphasis, because it's going to be very hard for deep passes to be completed this year if my man is on his back at all times. So what's, uh, what, what's brewing in Patrick Finley's head this next week or so? I actually wrote about that for the Sun-Times uh, on, on this previous Saturday about how Justin Fields has always had a good deep ball yeah, in college, yeah. uh, in, in the NFL. This is what he does. Uh, now, let's <laughs> how, how that play can happen without him getting drilled and with receivers who aren't necessarily bad, bad, in the top, bad, yeah, top three quarters bad. of the league. <laughs> yeah. Right, exactly. Uh, you know, there's one more uh, OTA this week, followed by a three-day veteran minicamp next week. Uh, the veteran one is mandatory. So uh, what I would watch for is whether Robert Quinn shows up. He mm-hmm. has skipped the voluntary stuff, but he told us uh, he did show up to accept uh, the Brian Piccolo award, which is uh, the biggest award the bears give anybody. Um, and he essentially said, I've been doing this so long. I know how to take care of my body. Don't worry about me. Um, you know, there's obviously the possibility of a trade there at some point. I, I don't think it's soon, but you know, he is the, you know, which one of these things is not like the other. He's the, you know, he's the veteran who is not going to be on the next good Bears team, probably, just because this is going to take a year or two or three or four. Mm-hmm. Um, and if the Bears could get a pick, uh, you know, maybe in the second round for him, uh, that might make sense. Now that they might get a lot more at the trade deadline. So maybe, you know, I, I don't know that there's motivation to get this done quickly, but we'll see if Robert Quinn shows up. Uh, and if so, uh, what he's got to say about that. Um, and that's just a really interesting dynamic because he just had a renaissance of a season. You know, we were all wondering at this time last year whether he was done. I was Mm -hmm. arguing that he had the worst contract in football, probably, um, which is saying something. Uh, And then he goes out and has the greatest sack season in the history of the Chicago Bears. Uh, So, you know, something's working there. And, and, you know, weighing that with the fact that, you know, like I said, he's on a different timeline than than the franchise is uh, makes for a really compelling story. All we need now is for you to write that this is the most overrated line in all of NFL history, and then make, next thing you know, there'll be you know three or four Pro Bowlers on it. If they, if if that's the 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 effect of Patrick Finley 
and the naysaying that comes out of Chicago Sun-Times <laughs> beat writer, then damn it, start saying some shit about other people so we can get a better team to watch this this uh, this winner. I'm, I'm not a miracle. I'm not a miracle worker. I'm <laughs> Pete, thank you so much, man. I appreciate your time. Let's do this again during the season or whenever you get some time. The Hallis Intrigue podcast is what you should be listening to. And of course, you should be reading his stuff in the Chicago Sun-Times. Patrick Finley, I appreciate your time, my man. Hey, thank you. The Full Goal with Jason Goff. So the time we have for episode 113 of the Full Goal podcast. Join us next week, right? Because I'm getting ready to go to Belize. I might spit out some pods for you, though. We ain't going to keep this thing dark. We ain't going to keep it empty. We're going to keep you full of laughs and vibes. So I might shoot out a couple of pods while I'm on vacation and I'm hanging out at my sister's wedding in Belize. So make sure you keep the full goal voicemail line on tap. Make it like you're um, in case of emergency contact, right? Because we all know if anybody go through your phone and something happened to you, they ain't really going to call that person. So you might as well just make it your ICE phone number right now. 773-359-3103. The full goal voicemail line. 773-359-3103. Anything that is on your bird when it comes to sports, entertainment, whatever the case may be, it's right there for you. You could drop a dime on us at any given time. I want to say thank you to our production staff shadowy figure that is known as Steve Cerruti and of course the active Jesse Lopez my main man Tony Gill for the fellas I'm Jason Goff thanking you for listening to this podcast downloading it sharing it subscribing to it rating and reviewing it whatever you do we appreciate what you do for this pod for the fellas I'm Jason thanking you for listening to the Full Go Podcast with Jason Goff brought to you by The Ringer as always Spotify is the gang remember be safe take care of each other to my dad.